Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high-profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Well, when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop, and when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so I opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today, because, like, I'm, I'm heartbroken. So the Hurling Show is back. We're back a week early. We're back a week early because Joe Canning was available for interview yesterday. So I said, why not bring you a Hurling Show? Um, and we have Derek McGrath on the line. So we have two big hitters in the hurling world on a day when we weren't even going to do a Hurling Show. So listen, you're all very lucky. Derek, how's it going? Colin, how are you? All good, all good. Have you got championship fever yet? Ah, uh, Yeah, I think this time of year, you know, the last five or six years have probably dominated by you know, preparation ahead of the championship. But yeah, you miss it more than ever this year, I think, you know, the fact that you're, you know, very emotionally attached to the group that you're involved in as well. You know, it's probably a little bit more difficult ahead of the championship without being, you know, wanting people to feel sorry for me either. You know, it's still looking forward to the championship, but it's a bit different all the same. Yeah, so you're just looking on as a fan and like, I suppose, when you have to separate yourself and watch the league final and maybe they kind of underperformed on that day, what are you thinking? Are you looking in the crowd thinking, well, I would have changed this, I would have done that. Can you separate yourself to just watch the match? Yeah, well, look, I have to be completely honest and not be a hypocrite. I didn't even go to because I didn't, I almost consciously made a decision not not, not to go to the Waterford Games this year. I go to the Championship Games now, it's particularly the home games. My my own home house, my parents' house is only 20 yards from West Park, so so we'll have the Sambos out in the, the team for sale. <laughs> we'll make a few pounds that day. But, but no, we, no, listen, I didn't consciously, I kind of made a decision to, not that it's uncomfortable to go to the games, but just, you know, that detachment perhaps was necessary for all in terms of just moving forward. So, yeah, look, I watched it on the, on, on the TV and I... Um, yeah, you'd be look. You'd be watching different parts, but I think Waterford had a really, really good league and underperformed in the final. But there was elements of the final 
you know, in terms of Stevie's chance just before half time, where, where things could have been different as well, albeit, you know, there seemed to be a gulf there with Limerick. But look, plenty to work on for, for the summer ahead for Waterford. Yeah, definitely. So RT have uh, released their f- summer coverage and you'll obviously be delighted as, an, as a Munster man. Me, not so much as a Leinster man because there's eight round-robin games in the Munster Championship and then the final to make nine and there's only two in Leinster um, and the final to make three. So I don't know about, if you know, Derek, we have a big chip on our shoulders here on this show with JJ Delaney <laughs> and Cheddar Plunkett and Conal Keeney about the Munster, the, the glory of the Munster Championship and the poor man's Leinster Championship. This isn't helping us. Yeah, well, no, okay, nothing wrong with a chip on the shoulder. I, I, <laughs> I've often been accused of being, of being the most not the most paranoid man, but certainly, certainly, you know, sometimes when you, when you hear grumblings of discontent, they often come from my direction. So, listen, nothing wrong with that. It gives you an edge in many ways. But, yeah, look, I think, obviously, I'm part of that whole process for, for the summer, so it's a bit more difficult. To, not, not that I'm avoiding or anything, but I think it's probably a, two things, I suppose. It's probably a, a reflection of the Munster Championship in terms of the perception around the Munster Championship and the reality around the Munster yeah. Championship last year in terms of the quality of the games. So, you'd imagine that... Um, the national broadcaster is trying to give the people what they want in terms of you know a reflection of viewership figures a reflection of of the quality of the games if you like and I think there's a general perception as well if you like that there not that there's this disparity in terms of quality but there's a disparity in terms of you know the intensity of of the games and maybe that's based on traditional kind of hierarchy that the Munster Championship was kind of sacral you know, it's almost sacrilegious to be talking about it in any way other than than it being above every other championship. So I think, you know, there maybe there's lessons to be learned there, but I think it's, you know, the games that they're showing, the the the, the Galway Wexford game, the Kilkenny Galway game, plus the final are, are games of real quality. The team that probably feel that they've been isolated are probably the Dubs in terms of you know the progress they've made under both Pat Gilroy and and Matty. So it's. Yeah, it's an in, it's an interesting one, and and it's a one for debate. But I can I can I can understand it to a certain extent as well. And that's not just wearing a monster hat. It's probably wearing a, you know, if you're in in the decision making process, that you're probably looking at what what do the people want, and you, you have to kind of put your hat on those particular decisions, I suppose. Yeah, no, you're probably right. And I think Sky are showing the Dublin Kilkenny game, so at least that's one more Leinster Leinster match. How are you enjoying the analysis with RT anyways? Like I mean I think you've been fantastic. Not easy turnaround good analysis in the in the little short space of time you have between the live shows and the night shows. So you're gonna be on the nighttime Sunday game this summer. Yeah, look that's you know, I I'm really enjoying it to be honest with you. Look it's it's a on reflection, like like Willie, I suppose I I I announced my resignation in the middle of June, and it was almost on it straight away. And I'm not sure did it, did it, how that looked in terms of even the comfort zone of of being on it straight away. So in my own personal reflection, I'm saying, geez, did I get involved too soon? And then you're kind of marrying that with the whole opportunity that it that it presents itself. So I think that can actually help to tide over the initial disappointment of how the year went last year. And then you know you kind of when you're up there at first you don't want to go into a kind of um, an environment where where you feel like, you know, you're trying to impart something that you know has been evident in a dressing room or in dressing rooms over the last five or six years, but you don't want to have this kind of I want to take over attitude. And I think the balance between imparting something that's, you know, in, regarding tactical innovation or whatever, I think you have to be very careful in terms of the, the language you use that it's, it's whilst it, there might be complex things happening that imparting it in a manner that that's simple but yet it's kind of educational. I, you know, yeah. that's the that's the trick for me. I think, but the, I would argue with anyone that an analyst's job is to, to provide depth 
And if you can provide depth of what's actually happening as against, you know, you know, the kind of I suppose the humdrum language of, of, of populist opinion, I think that's that voice mightn't be always popular, but it but it's certainly the voice I'd hope to bring to it, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And pointing out stuff, there's loads of things now because hurling has taken on a huge tactical kind of change and evolution in the last uh, few years. And like, it's almost, we, we talk about it on the show, it's almost like there's football tactics coming into hurling because cur- hurling is now using the short stick pass yeah. that football always yeah. had so like I mean that's the thing John Myler has been talking during the week here and he says he's even comparing it to soccer he says you look at the likes of Barcelona and Manchester City the way they move the ball a lot of hurling is like that at the moment working the ball and getting it back in high pressure situations so it's this big press to win it back and then it's when you have it not launching it but picking out passes and then you obviously won't have options for passes unless the movement is really good so there's loads of stuff to talk about Yeah and I think Oh, you've hit the nail on the head with everything there. Even, even, I guess you have later on. I read some quotes from Joe Canning today in 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 the Examiner about about the teams basically having four or five systems of play that they can be fluid within the game and change things as as the game is progressing. And the messages could come from water carriers. The message I think there's a rugby kind of template there. The messages could come from your mayor Furna. It comes from. And so I think the problem I think that people may have with that in terms of perception is that they think that people are overthinking or overanalyzing or there's too much mechanics involved but I would feel that generally the tide is changing in terms of the realisation that instinct and 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 planning can coexist you know and I think yeah. you know the modern player I think that's and that's not without being a, a revisionist you know I think we're all traditionalists but we can we can innovate and we can come up with tactical plans and we can still realise that the basic principles of the game in terms of going for the ball and a huge intensity and huge work ethic, they can all be there as well so look it's brilliant to watch that fluidity of approach from teams where you you know if a guy has if a a defence have stayed zonal and they haven't followed the deep half hours that a guy's are going to work it until they're in a position to play it into Gillan or play it into Morris Shannon as we did over the years or play it into whoever that you know that, that they're able to think and they're able to play without it without it hamstringing their kind of natural instinctive kind of um, you know uh, ability to play for who they represent and all that so I, I, I just think it's moved on hugely the, the unfortunate thing about it is when you say that it's, it's, you're nearly you're nearly accused as being radical in your viewpoint you know and it's, the reality is completely different it's bringing the simplicity of the message like we had a simple simple kind of theory amongst we used to say to ourselves we'll never work alone and practically what that would mean is you know and I see Kyle Hayes Morrissey and Hegarty They've dual roles, like, you know. They've dual roles. Basically, they have to score, they have to get forward, they have to offer an offensive trip. But if Dermot Burns or Declan Hannan have decided to sit zonely, and their man is getting the ball, they're expected to be hit by Morrissey, Hegarty, or Hayes. It's as simple as, and and that's how that's how it works up and down the field as one. It's, it's, it seems very simple, but there's a lot of there's a lot of off the cuff combined with off the training ground it's, it's as simple as yeah that's the thing I remember you telling me before you would have had a lot of different formations and this would have been like a criticism of Waterford so a bit of analysis yeah. could be pulled out and you'd see Morris Shanahan up front on his own and, and I've done an analysis show and I never used to show any analysis unless I could find you know three or four or five six examples of it you know for it to be a pattern but like you could have Morris in on his own for the first ten minutes and then you might have yeah. Jake Dillon in beside him and you know mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Shane Bennett would go in then after 20 minutes and you're constantly moving them in and out 
whereas that's not always reflective and the other team is obviously a little bit confused for three or four minutes wondering whether he's coming in or out or who's picking him up and like I mean uh, the, uh, the intensity part is a given but obviously the tactics mm-hmm. can work alongside that Yeah and look just even if you're talking about the league final earlier on if you look at Galan's approach even in the league final there was often see, I could and I, I went back and clipped that game myself now just in terms of just you know I'd often look back at it and I'd say to myself there's, there's at least seven or eight examples where Galan is in there against Noel Connors against Callum Lines, against Tyga Borka one against three one against four and it's what's happened in the run up to that to allow that to happen even in delivery of the ball but you can imagine the size and the groans of discontent amongst the Limerick faithful if that ball had been delivered and Galan you know, is beaten by Tyg and you know, and then then that can affect your flow. So I I just see loads of, and in actual fact, Wooly, like people actually think I'm being disingenuous when I actually say that we we probably only played with an out and out seven defender probably four times in my five years. Other than that, it would have been two corner forwards come out the field, and if if their men come with them, we have a one on one situation, obviously inside. If one corner forward comes out and his man comes with him, we have a two-on-two situation. If one corner forward comes out zonally, sometimes we might place him. If there was a disparity between a half-back and a guy that he was on that was possibly going to burn him, we wouldn't mark him, but we'd put Colin Dunford in the area where the most threat was for Cork or Tipperary, etc. But we'd expect him to go get back into to offer an offensive threat as well. And that's why the likes of Colin Dunford and Jake and those guys were taken off after 51 or 52 minutes throughout our five years. Yeah. So it, I think it's... And listen, that, that's probably me having a rant now. It might be perceived as a rant. But now that I'm out of the of the equation in terms of management, you know, I'm, I'm keen to kind of put forward what, what's actually happening in the games, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. And that's it's great that you're, it's great that you're involved there. Joe Canning is coming up in part two of the show. And he, I was talking to him yesterday about, Joe, or about Kieran Donaghy's um, role. And there's a lot of kind of... Uh, talk now about performance coaches and lifestyle coaches and all this kind of stuff and it really confused me what Donaghy could provide Galway a team who's won in All-Ireland and doesn't like Michael Fennelly's in with Kildare I was saying to Joe and you can see the value he might give them multiple All-Ireland winner um, th- this is the Kildare footballers you know and they haven't yeah. won in All-Ireland but uh, Joe told me Kieran Donaghy's not actually in as this lifestyle coach which I don't really understand anyway he's actually coaching forward movement and I thought it was very interesting that, you know, obviously that's a football man that could add a bit of value because of these, again, measured short balls out in front of players and yeah. how you get that yard. And Donahue might be able to help them with that. Yeah, and look, you don't have to go back to, you know, 10, 15 years, I suppose, to see Mick Dempsey's influence in Kilkenny in terms of, you know, the whole setup there, both it's only how they play the tackle everything that he's brought to the Kenny setup. but yeah look Donny's an interesting one for me Colin because I've only met the chap on three occasions I'd say but I was struck first of all by the force of his personality Yeah. and secondly I just remember reading you know uh, in, in, when he announced his retirement about about um, the conversation that he had with Emma Fitzmaurice around double or Kerry's approach on the puck out or on the kick out um, against Dublin in the semi-final two years ago where they went kind of an, almost in a full court press and they left their they basically pushed forward their whole half back line midfield went forward and if the now if it didn't work the half forwards are free for Dublin yeah. the result, and I remember saying to myself there's something in this fella in terms of how he thinks how he goes about in terms of strategy and again that whole idea of marrying fun and enjoyment with strategy so I think it's a brilliant move by Hall. I think it's a I don't think there's much outside the box thinking involved in it because a guy can translate or transfer the skills 
of movement, of patterns of movement, of of creation of space. And it's almost, you know, it's almost Kinnerk-like. If you look at Kinnerk's influence on Clare and on, 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 on Limerick now, obviously, he's a football background as well. So people can come from that background and bring a different kind of sense of awareness or spatial awareness to that. And look, when you say those things, spatial awareness, are you... A lot of people, again, perceive those as being gimmicky, but on the training field, the most, for instance, the most underused expression I've ever heard in inter-county dressing room, in my limited time playing, but in my six years or five years involved in management, has been, we're going out to play 15 on 15. And the most over overused outside of dressing room is they just went out man-to-man, 15 on 15. Yes, there'll be individual battles between key matchups, of course there will, but the reality is most teams, if not all teams, have some sort of system of play and have a fluidity to change it. And Donaghy would, in my my opinion, would bring a real X factor to that. And I guarantee as the summer goes on, we'll see evidence of that. Yeah, no, I think so. Here's another one with Limerick, because they're obviously All-Ireland champions and we're just looking ahead to the summer. And tactically, it's such a difficult team to play against because they want you to follow their half-forward line to leave loads of space and to give brilliant ball. If you don't follow them, they're so dangerous, they, w- they, w- they will actually work it until they can find the spare man that hasn't been followed. So, like, for example, Tyg de Berke in the league final tried, mm-hmm. to, tried to drop back and cover the full-forward mm-hmm. line. Because of the brilliant ball they give into Galan and it's diagonal, the, the sweeper finds it really hard to get over and double up. So are you nearly as well off to follow everyone all over the field and not allow Limerick find a spare man to give in a good ball or should you be dropping off? It, it's, it's definitely a difficult one. Yeah, there's, there's, there's two possibilities there. And just, you know, a, a good a good narrative there or a good analogy with our approach against Limerick last year was, I won't say conventional, but we play with a certain shape against Tipperary and we played the same against Limerick and it completely backfired for us we saw corner forward come 40 yards from the goal and he has to bring his man with him which results in the half forward line dropping deep the, the, therefore the 5, 6 and 7 are able to stay zonal but Limerick Limerick in reverse brought their two corner forwards right out the field so they had the numbers out where the war traditional kind of war zone is so for two things for me I think one you could completely you could follow them so in other words you follow Hegarty you follow Morrissey, you follow Hayes way down the field, 100 yards, which gives Limerick then the chance to go direct and real fast against you in the one-on-one, three-on-three situation. Yeah. The only way to do that, ultimately, is probably to play with an out-and-out seventh defender. And then you can go with your 5, 6 and 7. You can go with your, sorry, 10, 11 and 12. Your 5, 6 and 7 can follow. And you can have a kind of a press of five forwards against the six backs. The yeah. problem there, as you've already alluded to, is Richie English is very comfortable. Casey is very comfortable. Tom Condon is powerful when he runs, and they can run it out yeah. against you. Yeah. The only that, other alternative Dublin, I would see is... Dublin brought back yeah. the seventh defender in the league semi-final and gave them some problems. Yeah, but that then again, you're at this stage now, they have an extra man back, and they are so yeah. comfortable, yeah. and it'll end up with Keane Lynch, and he'll just pick out the right man, and then they're free, and now yeah. the ball's coming in lovely diagonally again. Yeah, and the only other alternative I would see is that there's no point in playing Limerick like like the only other other alternative I would see is that you could play with a shape of we we used to call it cork that you have two corner forwards out in the middle of the field, which Clare often do. So you line up conventionally, your thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen have their hurlies up like most teams have now. You're lining up conventionally with with Richie English, with Sean Finn, with Mike Casey on the full uh, full back line. But the minute the puck goes over your head that two of your corner forwards or two of your full forward line head straight out in a kind of demonic fashion out to the middle of the field looking for work as the general play is taking place. The problem with that is your five, six and seven have been brought everywhere on the puck out situation and you haven't had your 10, 11 and 12 back 
the only alternative to that is it's something we did ourselves. The midfielder that, that's likely to do less damage to you. You could always use one midfielder like Jamie Barn or Kevin over the years. And you drop off him. Often, yeah. You'd drop, drop off. The guy that's not going to kill you. Like, you know, like a Dara Fitzgibbon could kill you. A Noel McGrath could kill you. A Keane Lynch would kill you. The, the midfielder that's less likely to do you damage. We'd often have a scenario where you'd go 10, 15 yards off him and offer that kind of zonal help to the guys because they've marked they've been dragged everywhere you know so but it, there's doubt in that that's the only thing yeah no it's definitely it's, it's definitely a, not an easy system to come up with a solution for there's no doubt about that because like they, whatever whatever move you make on the chessboard they have one to kind of counteract it as well because they have Galan who's so good in the air maybe it's just man up all over the field and forced yeah, yeah. Fo- and forced them into the kind of more long hopeful balls and you'd hope that your defenders can break it down in front you know because although Flan- yeah, Flanagan yeah. and Galan can win those type of long hopeful balls that's where they yeah, kind of have and you that's the- that, that's the thing like, and that's the thing you, you can you can do that and in, in Walsh Park for instance I think Watford will have the opportunity to do that it will almost look like they're manning up but they'll still be able to up and down the field in waves they'll have the opportunity the, 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 the similarity I would see with Limerick with we'd say that Cork team of 205-206 if you look at the Cork team when they're preparing for the All-Ireland Final against Galway whatever year that was was it 05 or 06 I can't remember now offhand but they were renowned for being this short passing team doing low controlling things from the goal yeah. and for the final then they actually changed their approach against Galway went very very direct and I think Limerick have the ability with the aerial prowess of Gillan of Jamie Flanagan of you know of, of Conor Boylan even a guy that's been put up on a shelf since the league match against Kilkenny almost and when will we see him during the summer you know and they have that ability to change it up as well which is a dangerous thing Hegarty could slip in full forward into the full forward and they could go with a kind of a, a twin towers approach as well if they needed it and I, I, I'd imagine they can mix it like that as well Yeah no they definitely can come here their, their success under puckouts is off the charts so Tom Morrissey was being interviewed this week and he said that teams have been starting to figure out he said it was happening during the course of last year as well the most obvious one I came up against was Waterford in the league final it was blatantly obvious they were trying to set out to stop us getting a good starting point on puckouts they won 70% of their own puckouts which is uh, for me it's outstanding for hurling like it's an outstanding figure for Gaelic football never mind hurling yeah it's incredible it's, it's incredible now a, a proper breakdown of those things would show again the Kinnerk uh, Fitzgerald even Davy Fitzgerald I know people mightn't link Davy with Limerick but I would see an influence or a kind of correlation between Davy and, and Kinnerk having worked together as well in terms of the you know the constant grouping together the creation of space up front the the amount of puckers that go to a corner back in the league final to Richie English for instance because Watford had a similar tactic to Clare had against Cork under Don Logue a couple of years ago in the Munster final where Clare you know, were renowned for that kind of movement under Puckett and and Cork brought, or sorry, Clare brought their whole half forward and back to stop um, Nash's Puckett, if you like. The one lesson for me in that was in the 2017 Munster Championship game against Cork, we prepared absolutely meticulously for Nash's Puckett to the point where we would say we leave Damien Cahillan free. He's maybe perhaps our Cullum Spillan free. We'd have the person and we'd line up a two or we'd line up a three and he still picked this out that day and the general point and I hate to be as mundane as this but by the time we got to the other in the semi-final and we played Cork it was a complete focus on our own style our own selves and that's not that probably contradicts what I said earlier on in terms of planning yeah. but you have two choices you know you can ha- have the classic handover which Limerick do Dermot Burns hands over to the guy that's running into the, into the position or or you can concede the puck out to the 
to, to the most likely or the least likely to do you damage in terms of the full back line and see and have a straight press from there after he gets possession. But Limerick are good at working it out. But it only takes a couple of turnovers to change the momentum and mood of the whole thing, which happened to us in the 2017 All-Ireland semi-final. Nash went to the sideline. We had Shaney, Shaney Bennett and Jake covering the full forward line. And once you turn them over a couple of times, the momentum can swing and the mood can drop with most teams. Limerick, I'm not sure because they seem to have a fairly powerful mental edge in terms of sticking to what they do as well. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I mean, if you rattle them, you put manners on it once or twice. And I remember that All-Ireland semi-final, Nash put one over the sideline. It was a huge cheer and it was almost like it's as good as a score really for you. But like, I mean, for me, just looking on the obvious, the, the best... Um, t- the best tactics I can see from puckouts and Claire are very obviously do it Limerick do it um, fairly mm-hmm. sure you did it as well is, you, is just to go back half a line so your full forward line drops yeah. back halfway yeah. between the fo- yeah. half forward line and then your half forward line drops back towards midfield and you're, you're close to every line but you're not on every line so if it goes short to the corner back all three full forward line will push up they'll all push up so now instead of having a a set play puck out your cornerback's under pressure so that works in that regard and it also works if they go long you have enough bodies close enough to where it's going to land exactly exactly you have the numbers it would have been shape we played against Kilkenny in 2016 All-Ireland semi-final by drawing match and replay you're you're within the war zone of like Brick would work with Philip Manny 10 and 5 working together 7 and 12 work together 11 and 6 work together and the 13, 14 and 15 are 10 yards off their cornerback hurlies up etc and yeah. again if you can tie that in with one of the midfielders perhaps so if Tyke has gone gone man to man with TJ Reid and TJ Reid is dragging him to the sideline he's gone with him but Jamie Barron has gone back on the break because he's on what we view as the lesser midfielder in terms of a fella that's going to get it and damage us by, by, by scoring from long range etc you know and I think everyone knows the role and it's a fairly simple role and that ties in with the whole debate around is it a sweeper or is it a deep lying centre back as well that there's no ambiguity there that you know if I looked at it over the if I statistically looked at the five years I was involved in and the amount of scores that centre forwards have got across the board because the centre back on most teams Declan Hannan Gerard McInerney um Torig Mar, Tyg the Borka, um, and, you know, and um, Killian Buckley have just they, they've they've married a system whereby they're able to be back sweeping up, but they're also able to kind of they, there's a realization that they're going to concede maybe two or three points or four points from play off their direct opponent, but it's what they're bringing to the whole the whole overall team plan. You know? Yeah, every team plays a sweeper, and they use their centre back as the sweeper. The only team that doesn't use their centre back as a sweeper is Wexford, and Matthew Hanlon man marks mm-hmm. the centre forward. That's because yeah, they have yeah. a they have a sweeper already back there. So my yeah. uh, my argument is, when every team is defending, they nearly always have a similar. They always have a sweeper. It's just when they're attacking, Wexford will still have the sweeper, where the others will kind of have moved back to, more towards an orthodox position. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah that's very fair. I think I think. I heard a brilliant interview with Brian Cullen a number of years ago when he retired from the Dublin football and he talked about a, a, a defensive advantage. You know, a defensive advantage, he just said, on on every play. And I think what Limerick do often, it's not noticed, they often leave Dermot Burns as well as Declan Hanson. They do, yeah, they do. And in, in that particular zone. And he becomes that option for, if a ball drops into Nicky Quaid's hand, he's the fella that will just go out to the right half you know out there, the ball will come out to the right half back area straight away and he's setting up that long cross field ball then from his area because he's such a good striker so I'd say if you're preparing for Limerick you're going to be preparing to kind of cut off that Dermot Burns Declan Hannan axis and ironically the only way to do that might be to even not play without a full forward line it sounds a bit 
dramatic. But to play with it, you know, almost a marking system on those five, six, and seven. Not in the Tommy Welch, Lark Corbett type scenario, now, but <laughs> really up close on them. Yeah. And yet you have your full forward line out in front of them. And that sounds a bit mad because you have six forwards in the line out the field. But that's what Limerick, I think, are going to face from 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 different teams as as the summer develops. But it's a uh, look. At the, it's all interesting in terms of in terms of the debate, and it's it's. It's you know I think it's it's part of the whole discussion that 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 interests me more than anything. Yeah, no, definitely. Come here, Nicky English was talking. He was at the Sky Launch and he was talking about Parnell Park. And I thought there were interesting comments. We mentioned them on Monday, but it was just me and Conan here, and we don't know the first thing of what we're talking about on a on a hurling pitch. But he says um, he's talking about Parnell Park. He says teams won't like going to Parnell Park. For me, I'm not sure. From an intercounty hurling perspective, for championship matches, it's a very difficult place to go. Like you could argue, if you're the opposition, whether it's fair to actually play in Parnell Park because it's very tight. And I hadn't really heard anybody come out that strongly against it because I was looking at the measurements of the pitches and Walsh Park is actually two metres even tighter than Parnell Park. Like, I didn't know there was this much thought went into the size of the pitch and would it even have an effect on maybe the way you would set up? Well, I think there's, there's something in it. Like, I, First of all, I don't think it's unfair. I have to be perfectly honest. I don't Because, it, and I know this sounds a bit bland, but it is what it is. Like, Parnell Park... It, brings other challenges for the other teams in that it's the home venue it's the traditional fortress established under under Daly if you like or built on by Gilroy last year to a certain extent and further by, by, by Matty so it's the you know without being as I said that, that cliche uh, pundit it's, it's, it brings that Galatasaray element to, to, and so does Welsh Park and all those home venues yeah. bring that in terms of setting up I think there is a difference I think in in Walsh Park for instance I've alluded to it already I think you can set up what, with, with a defensive six very, very close, very, very tight together. It looked like it's conventional to many eyes, but it'll be far from conventional because you have the ability to be able to get your extra midfielders, your forwards up and down the field, and it'll just be the win, the win or the victory or the performance will be uh, classed in the in next day's newspapers as complete honesty of approach, work ethic, etc. But if you have an opportunity to train in a field for five or six weeks beforehand and you have two home games there, it, cre- it creates many, many rewarding uh, benefits if you like so yeah. um, uh, you know so I, I think it, it is a factor it's it's a smaller pitch Parnell Park and and Walsh Park are, are are smaller pitches the one I'm surprised by in terms of dimensions is that Limerick is is is, is only two metres wider than Walsh Park I would see it as being a lot uh, more expansive than, than 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 Welsh Park. I think the thing about some of the venues, Nolan Park, Welsh Park, and Parnell Park in particular, is this the the crowd seems to be kind of in on top of you and it kind of lends itself to maybe not not the most detailed analysis on the actual width of the pitch. But for me, it, it does create, you know, it married with the whole <coughs> passion of the crowd is the fact that the dimension of the pitch allows for just you know a certain way of playing if you like yeah so that was it so Parna I was surprised at the Gaelic grounds as well now I pulled that off Wikipedia Derek so we, we know we know yeah, what yeah. that's like but uh, like no, I mean no on, on that Parnell Park is 141 metres long by 82 metres wide Walsh Park is 142 long by 80 um, and that's just in comparison to like the Pierce Stadium or Semple Stadium which are, are which are the 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 stand well the biggest under the under mm. the the measurements that you're allowed is one four five by ninety so Walsh Park is ten meters five on either side more narrow than Semple Stadium it's a massive it's definitely a massive um, difference like it's it's a ba- it's a back yeah, yeah. it's a back's ground anyways it's not a forward yeah hundred percent and, and, yeah, and a simple one I just can't 
I always just say we were just an interest in talking to Dan over the years. I say how many times have we seen wing fours been taken taken off from Wells Park? You know, for my five years, I know it's a simple, just in uh, you know in social conversations. Anytime I look at where there's always wing fours, it's always a game where the, the game is dominated down the middle almost. You know where you have there's no room really for you know not expansive hurling. I don't even like the word expansive hurling, but you know there's 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 it's just an up and down pitch in terms of. What I mean by it is the ability forwards and backs should be able to get up and down the pitch all day in, in such a tight confines, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Here, were you surprised about the ticket allocation in Waterford? Because um, I was reading this week and I was surprised. I tried to get in contact with the Waterford County Board, but there was no answer to the phone, which is a lot, uh, like a lot of county boards when I ring them, actually, but that's nearly yeah. that's neither here nor there. They never seem to answer the phone. But he says... Uh, it said that even though it's a home game from Waterford, Clare will receive the same allocation of tickets. So 11,500 are going to get in. And Clare are due... Like, the whole idea of, of, of home advantage is obviously what we talked about, you know, fam- familiarity yeah. with the pitch. But then there's having yeah. that kind of Galatasaray, like you mentioned, element of uh, most of the support is yours. There's a huge roar when you score and you could hear a pin drop when they score. That, in the GEA, that's the, and it was the same with Newbridge or Nowhere last year. Mayo got the same allocation as Kildare, even though Kildare had a, had a home game. So it must be some sort of GEA policy. It doesn't seem fair to yeah. the home team. It's baffling, really, you now, Colm. It's, it's baffling because, look, sometimes I think we become so ingrained in structural approaches and, and the whole ability to keep things equal and fair that we forget to come outside that systematic approach in terms of what we do at, at times. You know, I think that's, you know, like, as I said, I'm living 20 hours from, from, from the ground. My parents live 20 hours from, uh, from the ground in Welsh Park and... The atmosphere is building there already to what's going to happen Sunday week, but it's 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 carnage here in terms of ticket situations. You know, it's actually carnage because sometimes we can live in a, a kind of a, a snobby kind of world when we're in, in involved in the GA that that we 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 tend to say, oh, if you're not involved in a club, if you're not involved, you know, you're not really, you know, grassroots. You're not really, you know, living by the association's rules, etc. Yeah. But there's a lot of genuine, and I mean genuine. Um, sincere award for followers over the years who are not members of clubs but they actually social aspect of going they've gone to every league game they go to every Munster league game and they're going to be left stranded without tickets so I think I, look I, 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 you're asking me a question and I, I think it should be 60-40 for the home games if you want me to give a percentage on it you know it should be even 70-30 I'd go 80-20 oh. for a home game that's yeah, it well, yeah, like, you know, like, I'm on a programme here and there's no point in pontificating about it without coming with some sort of solution so I, I would say you know 60-40 70-30 in terms of the breakdown and the teams know from the start of the year that that's the way it's going to be supporters know from the start of the year and make it clear from the start and there'll be no ambiguity then Yeah no that's it see maybe the, then you, you know Tipperary might complain in that Semple Stadium can hold enough for everybody so you know they're not you know yeah, curtailing yeah, point, but the, yeah but the detail the detail, the the key is in the detail of the planning. You know, if you, you know, if you're, if you, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're fifty thousand in Thurles, well then, you know, you can have a different breakdown. You know, if you're going to be specific, yeah. you have to be specific based on the allocation or the, uh, the capacity of the ground. Yeah, no, exactly. Come here, I'm going to finish up on a really difficult one, which Derek, I don't know if there's any right yeah. right answer for this, and that's Austin Gleeson's best position. So you played him in a variety of different positions. You tried to give him yeah. a free role uh, then yeah. when you got to the All-Ireland and he ended up just being man-marked by the 
corner forward, corner back all over yeah. the field. And I talked about this on the show loads of times that there's actually yeah. not there's actually nothing worse than having that free roll, but the corner back mm-hmm. follows you out and man marks you because all those yeah. handy little balls you get around the midfield if you're on your own or if you're being loosely marked you get them but if there's a man standing beside you you don't even get those handy balls out around midfield then and you're completely in no man's land and I think mm-hmm. uh, Parik is try- playing him wing forward and there's talk of this free roll and stuff Num- number one does he need a free roll like he's great in the air he can win his own ball he can win his own mm-hmm. ball anyways his centre back has been flirted with like where do you get he, he, he needs to just maybe in his head mentally prepare for being yeah. man-marked in every single game and try to figure his own game out that's his starting point maybe is it? Yeah and look if, even if I take the, the 2017 champion might be a good starting point he, he went into the corner at the start of that game and our plan and Shane Bennett was in the other corner and our plan was to bring the two of them out in, in, in general play if you like so he was picked up by Colm Spillane so Colm Spillane follows him all day long doesn't give him um, much change and actually that gives him no change and um, same happens with Chaney in the other corner um, the debate uh, surrounds you know Waterford for the next should have a fixed position etc blah blah we play him at centre forward not as a reaction to what people are saying but more so in a system whereby he comes to the middle of the field with the with the the notion that perhaps the centre back might give him some leeway from, from yeah. when he's centre forward but he comes to the middle of the field but if the centre back follows him Austin has to have an awareness that he's doing it the team role here is that it's opening up for the boys inside in a one on one or two on two, on two situation and so in the, in the semi-final of 2016 he went centre forward Connor Fogel he picked him up man marked him kind of went out the field almost like Tony Kelly was marked when Clare won the All-Ireland by Brian Murphy and he can go anywhere and the man is with him but he's getting involved in the play but he's aware of the fact that he's been man marked as well and he's aware of the space he's creating so I don't like him in the wing forward role if I'm completely honest I think it's the one role that where he could be more isolated than any other role he's played five for me he's played number six and he's played centre forward and he's played as a, a roaming corner forward but I, I think the interesting debate around the roaming corner forward I like him out in the middle of the field right in the middle of the field where he has an awareness of not as an eight or nine now but if he's going to be out there as an extra corner forward or an extra midfielder that he's facing the goal I actually don't like him as a back to goal um, forward now, right. I know you're going to you, you'll come up with the, you'll counteract that and say Jesus early he was brilliant against Kilkenny in 2016 in the All-Ireland semi-final an All-Ireland semi-final replay I like him as a go forward forward if you like where he's facing the actual opposition goal as opposed to his back to the opposition goal I think that's where he's at his best coming from deep coming from that area almost like Tony Kelly from the middle of the field and I think it's just up to the whatever strategy Watford employs sometimes you can pick the corner you want him to go into you can leave him in there for 10 minutes. Against Clare in 2016, we left him in the corner for 10 minutes and he gets a couple of scores and then you can mix and match with it once his confidence is up based on he's flowing then. You know? So I think yeah. so when I see the debate around him, I think it's he needs to be kind of minded in the game and people need to have a connection with him in terms of now we have him flowing, now we can, he can and he'll understand each of the jobs he has in those particular roles and people might listen to that and say that's completely complex it's a, it's almost a Pogba debate where you're kind of saying <laughs> oh Pogba is more better suited to left the midfield or he's better suited to the centre and all that kind of stuff Austin can hurl and he can hurl free even if there's a man on him and that's what he realises and he needs to realise that and he knows that himself I would have had that discussion you know what 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 team setting up against Water in their right mind is going to let Austin uh, free, so he's going. He's just going to have to deal with that situation, whether it's centre forward, wing forward, midfield, 
in the half back line, he's he's going to have to deal with that. And I think that's a debate that surrounds that would surround Austin. But he's he's good enough, and he's I think he's I think he's highly tuned coming into the championship now to produce a good championship. I think we're going to see the best of him in 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 in, the, in this championship ahead of us. Good. Well, fing- fingers crossed. I wonder would midfield be his best position because midfielders don't man mark each other for starters. Then if he was midfield, the other team might have to move it back up into midfield, and then their midfielder might be in no man's land, maybe having to move back into the half back line. Do you know what I mean? Would, would midfield? Yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good point. And I saw him in a recent club match against Rome Moore now playing midfield. He looked happy. He looked happy there. Right. You know, I think I think the, the debate is about realizing what your job is as well. Realizing that there's a structural element to your job as well. In that, I I I am able to mark, I am able to hurl, and I am able to kind of score. I can be free, but I can still concede. If I went through the stats on midfielders, that each fellas marking each other are getting three and four points from each other. Jamie Barron got two goals and a point against. Cork a couple of years ago in the semi-final and I think Dara Fitzgibbon nipped three points off in the same day you know it's it's the reality is that there could be something in that in terms of a good midfield uh, five for, for Barron if you like there and, and the ability to get forward from there but I think it's more a situation where the media are people interested in Austin and what, what is best position not they need to lay off but they need to realise that I suppose that a variety of positions for him doesn't is only an excuse for him not playing well. You know, it's it's only an excuse. He needs to. You know, it's 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 the certainty can come with with the uncertainty, and that sounds yeah. contradictory. But see that, yeah, that's but, where I would be. Yeah, that's, that's where I would be flowing. You know, and that, that's the thing as well. But it, also, he needs to probably realize, and I'm sure he does realize that a lot of these debates are based around where can he get into the game the most whereas like I mean like I said he can win his own ball like Tony Kelly's going to get man-marked no matter what game he goes out in the best exactly. player, the best players are going to be man-marked it's not about finding a position that he needs to be free like that's never going to happen he just he needs to realise listen and in his own head figure out maybe how to lose these man-markers and how to maybe you know drag one to the sideline if he's smaller than him exactly. and be isolated for a puck out you know and use his head on the field as well to get himself into the game not for someone else to get him into it Yeah and, and look I remember an inter- reading an interesting quote Chaffis Patrick the All-Ireland final against Kilkenny a number of years ago where he didn't touch the ball for the first 28 minutes Right, if, if Austin's not on the ball for the first 28 minutes, it's not good for Waterford. We need him flowing to have an ultimate success, I think. I think we need him in the game. We need him flowing. But you take, I was just at something yesterday, Willie, and I was saying that Conor Gleeson would be a good midfield uh, foil for, for Jamie because, you know, he he could take down Keane Lynch, he could take down Darrell Fitzgibbon, he could take down um, Noel McGrath, he could take down the players that you think are going to do you most damage in the, in the other midfield and he could still be able to play. So I think Austin is in a, a, a similar scenario that he knows that he knows that and when he's angry and when he's a, has a little bit of indignation about him he, that's when he actually flows the best you know and, right. and and I think that's 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 what's ahead of him I think he's if there's a they're very good template there the Munster under 21 final of 2015 or 16 2016 Austin was right half back went into centre back and he dominated the game down in Welsh Park in a manner that you know was just really really striking and I just think he's going to bring his best to Welsh Park he's a, he's living in the town he's from the city he's he's a, he's a townie for want of a better phrase and I just think he's going to bring everything he has to those two home games in particular and I think we'll be we'll be we won't be debating position but listen we we played against Clare in 2016 without mentioning you know 
you know, the the analysis. It was described that day that he was playing great in the half back line because he had number six on his back, but he, he wasn't even playing in the half back and he was just you know, he was he was flowing. Like, yeah. He was flowing and he, and he was and he was coming from deep, but he was look I'm looking forward to seeing what he'll bring to it because I, I expect him to bring something really, really, really special to it. Yeah, okay. Listen, Derek, I've taken up enough of your time. Thanks very, th- thanks very much for, uh, for that and hopefully we'll talk to you again over the course of the summer. Right, so hurling to the core, Ambassador Joe Canning was in Dublin today or yesterday to announce uh, more unmissable rewards for Borgosh Energy Reward Club customers. So I went along to the Clarence Hotel to talk to Joe. So that's going to come up next. <laughs> Touch this. Can't touch this. A few weeks later, they played Kilkenny below Nolan Park. The same year. Can't touch this. And oh, they were being hockey. But the camera went in. There was a fellow warming up. Jesus, you should see him. Yeah, that fuck. He was massive. Legs, ass, belt. But I burst out laughing. There he was, the epitome of what I said. I told you, homeboy. Can't touch this. So I'm here in the Clarence Hotel with Joe Canning. Joe, good to see you. Cheers, Willie. How are you? Good, yeah, not How, too bad. You've had the operation. Where are you at? Yeah, um, I had it uh, just over four weeks ago. So, okay. Um, yeah, so I'm fine rehabbing again and um, another, what, say 14, 16 weeks altogether. So uh, another long road to go, but so it's, it is, it's good, yeah. Yeah, it is a long road to go because if it's 14 to 16 weeks, obviously that's late July. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like, I mean... Is it difficult to stay positive, you know? Because you're looking at all our semi-final as the best case scenario at that at that stage, are you? Yeah, well, there's, there's no date. Like, you, that's I could give you a lot of numbers as well if you think we're going to get into an all Ireland semi-final now. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's a long way to go yet, but um, no, it's it is hard enough kind of stay positive in a way because you're not training or not contributing in a way to the group. But at the same time, um, it is what it is. Do you know, um, the lads are training well, and um, do you know they're they're confident enough, and um, we're looking forward really to to Carlo next weekend in in Galway as well. So that's a that's a big one for us. Um, do you know they always say to try and win your home games, especially. So that's a huge one for us. You know. So you're staying around the group. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Have like you got I, a role, or like I mean, do you, um, do you need a role, or would Michal kind of understand that maybe you know help out the management team in some way? Uh, not, experience. Not, well, like not really, but I'm I'm always there. Obviously, I'm I'm rehabbing now with physios and the doc and stuff like that. So, like I'm doing all that at training as well and seeing them there. So, um, I've my bits and pieces to be doing while the lads are out in the field. And um, yeah, if anybody wants any bit of, I suppose, info or anything like that, like I'm there to be asked. But. Um, yeah, I'm at every training. Uh, people think when you're injured, you just go away and on, on your own yeah. for a while and do your own thing. But uh, no, I'm probably doing more now than I was when I was actually on the field. But, but I'm just wondering, like, when you got injured initially, like, yeah. I know from getting injured, I took them really badly. There's a grieving yeah. period where you have to you have to stop thinking about yourself and go right. When I go back in there, it's not about my injury. So I'm mm. just wondering, when you got injured, did you need like a week? before you started to get over the kind of feel sorry uh, for yourself because it's natural to feel sorry for yourself straight away yeah no like I, I don't like not really like no it was just going like a surgery now and next week so just get that done like I've been through it before do you know what I mean so it's not something new to me um, 
I did the hamstring two years ago, so the same kind yeah. of thing. But but that one um, wasn't as bad because that was closing off a year and you'd miss club and you you yeah. obviously I'll be back next year. Whereas this yeah. one, it couldn't get a worse timing really. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying yeah. to make it feel worse. <laughs> no, but it is what it is, and uh, you just have to get on with it. You know, yeah. That's, you, you can't you can't be feeling sorry for yourself or worrying about it. There's there's a bigger picture in the team and, and the panel together and getting them right for, for championship. Yeah, I, I suppose it's important to have interests outside of hurling, which we know mm. you do, because I know from your own point of view, when it was all football, the minute yeah, yeah. that's not going right, your life is terrible, you know? Yeah, Whereas yeah, that yeah. You need to maybe separate it and not let it carry into your life. Yeah, and I'm very conscious that I'm probably, like, I'm trying to set up my life for after, after hurling as well. So I'm busy business-wise and stuff like that. So that kind of takes my mind off a lot of things and um, outside of actually training and rehab and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty uh, full-on with uh, work and stuff. So that's good to, yeah. to keep my mind occupied. Remember Cheddar Plunkett, our own Cheddar on the show, was texting me looking for, me your, for your number. I think he had yeah, lost got it, his yeah. phone. I'm sure you got a lot yeah. of messages from, from everybody. Would you like I mean, Because you, you're probably the Tiger Woods of Hurley. Like, no, but uh, without blowing Jeez. smoke off your ass. But you're the big I name. hope not. <laughs> would, would, would you be surprised at the messages you would get? kind of when something like that happens um yeah yeah it was, it was funny the last time i probably met cheddar was at willie highland's wedding um down in kilkenny so um yeah no i i appreciate every everybody you know it's 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 it's, it's always nice to have people obviously thinking about you but um yeah it's uh yeah it surprised a few and but uh it was, they were nice to get you any rivals send you messages that you were surprised about um not really, no. Do you know? Like I wouldn't say rivals, you know. I think we all get on fairly well even off the pitch and stuff like that. So um no, it was all good. A few a few of the boys texts as well for other counties and stuff. So it was, it was nice to receive you. Yeah. What about the hit anyways? Because we talked mm. about the hit a lot. And it's a, it was a legal hit, right? Yeah, so like yeah. I mean in Gaelic football that would be a foul because mm. you can't hit someone when they're in the act of kicking it. But in hurling yeah. when you were winding up to puck it you're fair game for, for a shoulder like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fine. There was like there's no um, there was nothing wrong with it. No, so it was a great hit, really. Yeah, if it was yeah, a yeah. It was man. perfect. No, yeah. it was perfect. If one of our lads did it, it might be this exact same way. So, um, no, Kev hit me spot on, you know, and uh, it just uh, I yeah, that that's basically it. You know, there's no other way of like talking around it or anything like that. So, um, perfect hit, just carry on. And are you all aware in hurling that that's legal? Because Brian Carroll had to actually ask a referee to get it cleared up for us because it, um, it doesn't look fair when you're not when you're winding up to hit, to hit it you know what I mean but it is in the, the rules of hurling yeah well there's, there's a lot of rules I don't really know about you know so uh, yeah it depends on obviously interpretation as well like it's a split second decision as well so like some referees might have given it a free some mightn't obviously so um, yeah it's it is what it is but uh, no I wasn't aware of it. it it never really happened to me before in a way so like it didn't really bother me whether I knew about it or not. Yeah, you know, that kind of way. But, but like, I mean, for you going on a run like mm. that towards the end of the game, like, because of who you are, you're the talisman for Galway. You're leaving. You, you probably know when you're setting off on a run like that, somebody's lining you up somewhere along on the line, or would that even enter your head? No, that doesn't. No, that doesn't. No, you're like you're you're just going either to to lay off a pass or draw a man, or else if it opens up for you and the shot is on, the shot is on. So. Um, you know, that's just it. Like you're just you're trying to obviously influence the game as best you can. And like I ran through in the first half even and just laid off a pass, where 
like nobody hit me so uh, so that's just the way it is so even in a club match you wouldn't be thinking geez this is a filthy game I'm not going to go on any solo runs here I'm just going to get it I'm just going to get it in there no 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 that's if you're if you're worried about getting hit and hurling I think you need to give it up (laughs) (laughs) have you talked to Kieran Donaghy or is Kieran Donaghy in much or what's his role in there I always I haven't spoken to anyone from Galway since I heard he was involved yeah, no, Kieran, Kieran's in a small bit. Obviously, he was busy with the, the basketball and stuff like that over the last few weeks and, and winning the title with the guys. So um, He's in and out, yeah, so it, it's good to have him around. He's, he's a very infectious kind of character, I suppose. So um, He's good for us just to have him in around, you know. And it's just bouncing kind of, it's kind of a life... Co- I'm sorry now, but I don't really understand what these uh, yeah, performance yeah. coaches do because Michael Fenley is in... Um, he's in with the Kildare footballers. And I'm just yeah. wondering, cross-codes... How I could see Michael Fenley after winning so many All Irelands might give Kildare, who've never won mm. an All Ireland, whereas I see Kieran Donaghy coming in to talk to you, you know, or Conor Cooney, or any of the lads who have All Irelands, and I'm wondering kind of what role he, he would be able to provide. Yeah, I don't know if it's a lifestyle coach performance because I don't know where people got that out of. Right. But, uh, no, he's, he's, he's in with the forwards, maybe doing a bit of movement and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, he's been like with Kerry, who were so successful for so long. And if he can give us an extra half a percent or a percent, like we lost last year's All Ireland by a point. So if he can add another point or two points to us, then it's a success. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's well, small it's, margins. Yeah, like. and I suppose that, well, that's a good idea considering the fact that there's a new style in hurling now. So maybe mm. movement in the forwards 10 years ago didn't need to be at the level it needs to be at now, you know, whereas like pinpointing passes are... Yeah, it, are, it's totally different. Even yeah. when I started off, like you were 15 on 15 and, and yeah. off you go, like, um, yeah, Win a ball changed. or get a break. Yeah, 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 so hurling's changed an awful amount. So if you can get even a different set of eyes and a different, like when you're in a, when you're in a, um, a team environment and um, I've seen it with the club even down through the years like when we were successful a few years ago that a different pair of eyes just see something different that you mightn't actually realise in the group so if you keep adding freshness to the group it obviously um, it brings on things you know Yeah, Cheddar talks about basketball stuff on the podcast like this bunch and break in the full forward yeah, line yeah. and stuff like that so this is all kind of but this is all probably new new in hurling although Damien Hayes does talk like he would his movement would have been excellent yeah, so yeah, yeah. maybe it's more not individual movement it's Movement as a as a collective tree inside or something like that. Yeah, it's every team is different. Do you know what I mean? Um, it all depends on how you set up and how you play. Um, so, yeah, as I said, if he adds maybe a percentage to us, all the better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, looking forward to working with him a bit better when I get back in the pitch eventually. Hopefully. So come here. Where are Galway at then? Because for me, looking from the outside, it's all doom and gloom. <coughs> You're gone. Conor yeah, Cooney's sure. gone. Joe Cooney was gone. Johnny Glynn was gone. Cottle mm. Mannion was gone into midfield. So suddenly, you're, nearly your whole forward line was kind of uh, ripped up. So we know Joe Cooney's back. We know yeah. Johnny Glynn could come back as well. So what's it like in the camp? Like oh, you've taken yeah. a few blows. Uh, not really like um, no like the lads are training away they're like relatively speaking we had a, a successful enough league like like any day we went out if you actually looked at our team compared to let's say our All-Ireland final team we probably only had five or six starters from the All-Ireland every day so like lads were putting their hands up and it wasn't as if you know we didn't have the lads like the guys that probably weren't starting last year are putting their hands up for inclusion this year and so there's a good competitiveness in the in the panel um, and it's about finding you know another two or three guys to add on every year as, as 
like Kilkenny used to do it back in the day, like Dublin footballers, yeah. I suppose, are doing it now. Do you know what I mean? So um, it, it's it's like that, and like if we can find another few that are, are breaking into the team now, all the better. And I think we did that during the league, and um, lads got good experience from that. And then when you get the guys back in, it obviously adds to it again. And even having the St Thomas's guys back in, Dahi from Currafin back in, yeah. um, the Ormore guys back in, and a few lads coming back from injury. So um, we're in a good place, obviously, the last few weeks with club championship disrupted, disrupted a little bit of the training and stuff, as it does for every county. Um, that play club championship, I suppose, in April. So it was, um, yeah. So we're we're just concentrating, I suppose, on, on Carlo, and, and that's our biggest challenge. Um, like, it's so competitive now that you can't you can't look past any game, you know, because yeah. you need to get points on the board. So Carlo is our biggest challenge, and obviously, like we've seen in the league, um, a draw match down there in Carlo. So. Um, it's going to be a tough challenge again up in Pier Stadium. I, I suppose you mentioned the April for clubs and we'd be pretty mm. critical of it on the show and maybe <coughs> just from your experience of trying to prepare for a championship, try out lads in the league so you're not fully sure what your full team is and trying to settle on your full team without being able to play any, any, any games or really yeah. do too much training. Yeah, it's, it's funny. You only have probably like, it depends obviously when you finish your club championship but realistically maybe two or three weeks kind of lead in um, from it so yeah it, it is difficult but everybody's in the same boat do you know I think Dublin footballers went for the whole month off yeah. um, but they, they, they walk through Leinster you know whereas you'll have a difficult Leinster championship yeah, you know? yeah, yeah but at the, at the same time it's um, it's good in a way you get back to your clubs and you kind of a little bit refreshed again do you know what I mean it's a different kind of mindset you're going back um it's probably less, a little bit less pressurised situation. So um, it's nice to get back with the club lads. Obviously, I didn't do it this year, but uh, it's uh, it's nice for the rest of the guys. Yeah. So with the injury now, sorry, just that you went, you mm. got the operation four weeks ago. Where are you as regards running? Where where are you in in the? In the uh, gym? No, I'm just doing rehab with the physios and stuff like that. Just so strengthening it up. Yeah, yeah, basically. And you're getting the. the the friction work on your yeah. brain, which is the yeah. worst place in the world. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So just that's basically it. Um, Do you have a time timetable of when you get out in the field? Because I know psychologically, no, like, when you leave the gym and actually get down in the field, you feel yeah. that you're. It's no, a it's, set. it's it's just going from week to week. Um, so that's basically it. It's just rehab at the moment. I don't know when I'd be on the field to be honest. Um, okay. I like I hate, I don't like putting dates on things because then if if you don't meet it you're kind of put back again. So yeah. I'll just go with whatever the physios tell me and I'll trust him 100. percent And you're not in there on your own. You have a couple of teammates in on the treatment yeah, table. Yeah, Fint, Finton is in there now. Um, he got the surgery on his um, cruciate a few weeks ago as well. So the two of us are kind of resting up inside lying on the tables <laughs> getting physio so it's good yeah. but at least you have someone because on your yeah. own it's a, it's a disaster yeah. quick just to finish up um, obviously you were looking to retain it last year and every year when we have an All-Ireland champion they immediately go in as the, you know, the ones to beat the following year Limerick are in that hot seat now like, yeah. I mean how difficult you seem to be going through the year really really well maybe up until you met Clare and then struggled over them but they're yeah. a very good team and then lost out to Limerick. Like, is the pressure to retain it huge? People are talking about Dublin's five in a row now. Like, what is it like in Hurling? Because no team really has done it outside of Cork and Kilkenny, who were, yeah. was a bit of a kind of a freaky team. Um, um, how difficult are Limerick going to find that kind of pressure to, to repeat it? Or I don't think they're doing too bad. No. It is, well, you, you, know. were, you were in a similar boat um, last year too, you know, at this time. Yeah, 
like you know they they kind of powered through the league I suppose and, and got on very well so um, it doesn't look to be phasing them yeah. in any way um, like I don't think it phased those either I don't think there was huge pressure I think like if you look at our record over the last two years I think we've been pretty consistent um, I think we've only lost maybe one match in two years in championship so it's 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 not it doesn't weigh too heavily on us you know um, and I don't think it's weighing heavily on Limerick either and it's up to every other team I suppose to to get up to their level and, and try and surpass it and um, it's going to make for for a good championship I think both Munster and Leinster and then whoever get out of of, of both um, provincial ties and, and get on to the All-Ireland series it should be should be a good summer yeah fingers crossed yeah. it's as good as last year well, yeah, yeah, Joe. Yeah. thanks very much cheers Willie no bother alright great stuff from Joe Canning there right that's always time for this week we'll be back next Thursday where we will be really in championship mode we'll be looking ahead to the start of the hurling championship we'll talk to you then good luck I started running, I suppose I didn't stop, and when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so it opened up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. For exclusive content from their GA ambassadors and other high profile contributors, check out news.paddypower.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.